everybody. Welcome to another episode of Stock Talk. This is a little podcast slash video that I, that I like to put together once a week where I like to talk about all things investing and talk about what's going on in the market, some of the observations that I'm seeing going on in the market, sharing with you um, other perspectives from other people that I look, uh, I look towards uh, about what's going on in the market and also share with you some of my own personal decision making that I'm doing when I'm trying to figure out what stocks to buy and what ETFs to buy and to include in my portfolio and share with you kind of my thought process of how I make those decisions. Really the goal is for you to hopefully take some of these um, elements of information and be able to bring it back to your, um, apply them to your uh, framework in terms of how you make investment decisions. So my name is Amin Reina and I'm an investment coach and founder of Sage Investors. And so as an investment coach, what I do is I try to help people who want to become more financially independent, but they feel kind of, when they look at investing, when they think about investing, they feel kind of frustrated, intimidated, and confused by the whole process. They don't, they either don't know where to start, uh, don't know where to begin if they've just, just started learning, uh, just started getting into investing, or uh, other type of people that I work with are people who have been investing for a long time but just don't seem to be making any traction in their portfolios. So what I do as an investment coach is I teach people, I engage with them on how to make more successful and you know, more educated and ultimately more successful investment decisions so that they can achieve a certain level of financial freedom in their lives and achieve it with confidence. So this is episode 100. And for those of you who have subscribed to my podcast and listened to previous podcasts, in episode 99, I kind of did a whole kind of best of going down memory lane type thing of what, a, what decisions so that they can achieve a certain level of financial freedom in their lives and achieve it with confidence. So this is episode 100. And for those of you who have subscribed to my podcast and listened to previous podcasts, in episode 99, I kind of did a whole kind of best of going down memory lane type thing of what I've, what of my journey so far doing these podcasts. And so I'm kind of saved that for that moment. So today I'm just kind of, I'm just plowing ahead and, uh, you know, pretending like I've been here before, which I haven't, but, you know, um, just going ahead um, just plowing away with with what I'm seeing uh, from from an investing perspective. I just want to say at this point, I just again, uh, just another simple thank you for those people. A lot of those people of you who have who have subscribed to the podcast and have downloaded it and are kind of regular uh, listeners to the podcast. I really appreciate your your you taking your time out of. There's enough stuff you can listen to out there. The fact that you've taken a little bit of time to listen to what I gotta say, uh, I appreciate that very much. Thank you very much. So today, and actually today, I'm actually looking forward to this episode. And I, th I wanted to save it actually for this for this hundredth episode because I think um, it's all about decision making. This I want to talk a lot about decision making. And ultimately, what I do, as as I said, as an investment coach, is I try to teach people to make investment better investment decisions, successful investment decisions, because that's really. The, de the degree you're going to be successful as an investor is going to be driven by the ability for you to make successful investment decisions. And, uh, and a lot of times, and I think what gets people freaked out about investing is that, is the side is that you need to kind of understand numbers and formulas and spreadsheets and that whole quantitative side, the mechanical side of trying to figure out 
whether to buy or sell a stock. And a lot of times making investment decisions is very much more of an art. Um, from my experience, it's more about, it's really a lot more of an art. And it's also at a lot of times, it's a very dirty kind of decision. And one of the people, one of the things I've noticed with people who struggle with investing is, 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 is a lot of it is how they go about making these decisions. And a lot of times what happens is people are trying to uh, make decisions. They're kind of trying to make the perfect decision. They need to have all the data in front of them. They need to have complete information, complete clarity and understanding of what's going on in the market and what's going to happen in the market. And then only then will they formulate an investment decision. Problem is it's next to impossible to do that because a lot of times there isn't complete information. You don't have complete information because you're investing in, the, you're basing decisions on what's gonna happen in the future. And you really have no exactly idea with 100% assuredness of what's gonna happen in the future. So ultimately the goal, what I try to do with people is to try to teach them not to make that perfect decision, not to get analysis paralysis. What I try to do is try to get people to make better decisions and make them more consistently. Because ultimately if you're doing that, when you're investing, you're probably gonna end up with more money than when you started with. And and so what I want to talk today about is I found this really cool article. Um, oh, did I bring it? Yeah, I brought it. It's right here. It's called um, Second Order Thinking, What Smart People Use to Outperform. And it's based a lot on um, a book um, that was written by Howard Marks, who is one of the most well-known investors on Wall Street. He runs, I believe, the Oak Tree Capital. And it, he, he publishes monthly, I believe, or quarterly. He has this, he's almost like a Warren Buffett in a sense that he, if you, his newsletters, his letters to shareholders, um, Warren Buffett's letters to her are just like epic learnings for finance. Um, he follows a very similar script, very easy to understand, very methodical, rational thinker, um, and obviously very successful at what he's done. And so he wrote a book called The Most Important Thing. And he, in that book, he really explains the whole concept of second order thinking. And that's pretty much what I wanna talk about because I, I, when I read this article, it was like, it hits on so many of the pieces that I try to build and I try to instill in people that I work with who wanna become better investors. And now that, you know, when I read this, I go, you know what, this is probably what I'm doing. I'm probably trying to help people become better second order thinkers. So the question you're probably asking is, what the hell is second order thinkers? Well, what's first order thinkers? Because kind of need to get to second order or you need to get the first order. So that's pretty much what I would talk to you, just give you a quick uh, a rundown out of it. So when we think of um, thinking, decisions that we make, um, a lot of times most of the decisions we make are considered to be first order decisions. And in other words, we want to make decisions that ultimately we think are going to be correct decision and positive decisions and a lot of times we feel we can make those decisions the chances of us are made that of making those decisions um, improves what we think of it will improve by by association and we try to as human beings we try to want to be associated with winning people cool people cool ideas forward thinkers sort of current hip kind of thinkers um, and we try to associate and we try to associate ourselves into those environments because 
I don't know, we think that through osmosis that we will ultimately make better decisions. We will be more successful. So that's a lot of times when you think about um, um, going to a better school or going to a better gym or going to something that has you know more interesting people that we share similar ideas and values. We that's kind of what first order decision making is revolved around is just trying is real. It involves making decisions more by association rather than by actually thinking about decisions. And it's um, and it's kind of when you bring it into an investing kind of sense, a first order type decision would be um, buying stocks based on you know earnings growth. Um, popular stocks, what's popular in the mainstream culture, um, dividends. Does a company pay dividend? Then therefore, it must be a good stock. Um, we look at things like qualitative aspects. We look at we we, we depend on experts. If an expert on T, on CNBC says this is a good stock to buy, we go buy it. That's you know we anchor our decisions based on that. Um, a hot stock like Alibaba goes on an IPO. Oh, Alibaba's IPO. Everybody's buying it. Oh, I gotta buy it. It's a very much first order thinking is very much follow the herd, a very group think oriented. When we make first order decisions, we tend to make them in, the, uh, we try to make them from a comfort area, a position of comfort, where we are surrounding ourselves with ideas and people that we are comfortable with. And if we do that, we are going to, we feel like we're going to make uh, better uh, decisions. The problem is, and this is what Marx talks about it, uh, uh, Mr. Marx talks about it, is that that kind of line of thinking is not going to get you to get you, is that the chances are of you making superior, um, more successful, consistently better successful decisions, more successful investment decisions, is not that great if you adopt yourself with a first order, first order level thinking. Um, ultimately, um, that kind of thinking is going to ultimately lead to very mediocre decisions and ultimately from an investing perspective mediocre returns So that's the first level thing and we all do it. It's not like We're all doing it because inherently as people we um, We gravitate to that It's it's our it's our defaults. It's our default setting you know, if there's a button in our in our somewhere in our body um, That's the default setting um, is first level thinking so that's kind of the baseline for it. So the question is then, okay, so if that's first level thinking, so what is second level thinking? What is the second second order thinking um, mindset um, doing uh, all about? So again, this is Mr. Marx, Howard Marx, in his book, The Most Important Thing. He's, his take on it is that second order thinking involves being more critical um, and not just looking at sort of what's in front of you, the facts, i.e., oh, uh, IBM pays a dividend, they increase their dividend, therefore I should go buy their stock, it's a good company. Your more uh, second level thinking is more associated with looking at probabilities, um, asking questions, um, asking questions about what percent, potentially what could go wrong. It's being more risk tolerant in the sense that your, your risk is a component of your thinking because you assume nothing. Second level thinking, basically, you're assuming nothing. You know, a company could be make, have made money for 20 years and paid a dividend, growing dividend for 20 years. That still doesn't mean it's a great company to invest in going forward. So, as an investor, second level thinking, you're going to be critical of it, and you're going to ask those questions to say, you know what, what could make this 
great company uh, fall to its knees. Uh, so the whole principle comes about second level thinking, second order thinking is, um, and he quotes it, and there's a quote here, it, it captures this quite well. You can't do, quote unquote, you can't do the same things as other people and expect to outperform. When you do what everyone else does, you're going to get the same results everyone gets. So second level thinking is about thinking differently. It's about almost literally challenging the status quo, um, taking a contrarian position. Um, so just to give you a, a sort of an example, uh, a differentiation, so to allow you to kind of differentiate the thought process between first level thinking, when you're thinking of making a first level, uh, first order decision, they tend to be simple decisions. They tend to be easy. They tend to be easily defendable. They adopt more of a groupthink um, confirmation kind of bias uh, approach. Um, you're making them in an environment where you're surrounding yourself with people of similar ideas, similar values, similar mindsets, similar class, similar structure, or social structure. You could probably go that level. And uh, and there's a certain dependency. You're dependent on somebody else kind of giving you validation to make that decision. That's first level thinking. And so when I read, when I went down this list, a lot of things, uh, it's interesting because right now when you're looking at the investing world right now, what's the big things out there? Robo-advisors, ETFs, ETFs for sure. And what are a lot of the value proposition of ETFs? Simple, easy, um, simple and easy. And, it's a and there's a dependency because you're buying a an ETF that represents the value of an ETF is dependent upon the value of some other underlying asset. So I find it's interesting that a lot of the products that were that are becoming popular right now and the services out there like robo-advisors are very much first order thinking. So the question is if you're adopting using ETFs and robo-advisors, are you just setting yourself up for just very average, mediocre kind of performance? Which might be fine. The whole passive investing concept, right? Is very much you can say is passive investing is very much first order thinking. That's that side of it. So now what is second, what would be second level, second order thinking? Second order thinking, second level thinking is more critical, but not cynical. You're questioning, you're challenging, but you're not being, you know, jaded. You're not, it's not coming from a position where you're jaded. Um, second level thinking is not just following the herd. Well, if everybody else is going out and buying, you know, Facebook stock, I got to go out and buy Facebook stock. The second order thinker, people who think like this, um, don't follow the herd. They follow their own path. So they're very contrarian. They're willing to step outside their comfort zone. They're willing to take other side. They're willing to take the other side of the trade. They're more open-minded, more open-minded to ideas. Um, second level thinking also uh, involves you has to have the ability to to manage your biases. And you know, I talk you know in my courses that I teach. I talk about all these behavioral biases, confirmation bias, geographical bias, expert bias, um, group herd, group think, herd mentality. Um, second level thinking, basically, you have to kind of challenge those biases, and you come into contact with them right. You know, all, all you're always coming into contact with them all the way. So Marx also says, basically, quote: First level thinkers think the same way as other first level thinkers do about the same things and they generally reach the same conclusions. By definition, this cannot be the road to superior results. So, I find this really interesting because um, 
because I, I, I realize that. And that's, I think, when I look at my value proposition, what I'm trying to do and trying to help people is I'm really helping trying to people think more second level instead of first level. Because second level thinking gets you, um, gets you performance, gets you more results. The problem with second level thinking is it's really freaking hard to do. It's, and the reason why, again, is, is just our default position. Our default position as people, as humans, is that we don't want to look like a bunch of idiots. We don't want to be the one wearing the pink shirt while everybody else is wearing the white shirt. Um, you know, walking down the hall, doing, walking down, you know, to the go station uh, or the subway, uh, the rat race. We want to follow, we are wired to want to follow the rat race. To get second level thinking, you kind of have to swim against the tide. And it's really hard for us. It's not an easy thing to do. And a lot of it is driven by this whole principle of loss aversion because we don't want to look like the dum-dum, so we'll just keep going and lose. We'll keep going with the status quo, even though we know the status quo is not getting us where we want to go. So, um, because ultimately, as I said, like we want to be on the winning team. We are just wired. To, we want to be associated with the cool crowd, the in crowd, the people, because we perceive them to be that comfort level, that default, that is going to allow us to make successful decisions. And the reality is, that's the worst place you want to be. As an investor, that's the worst place you want to be because you're setting yourself up for probably weak, mediocre, and probably even lack of returns. The real people that really do this well, um, that are really successful investors, they tend to have that second level thinking. They're challenging, they're going against the herd, they're in control of their uh, behavioral biases, and they have a plan and they have a strategy and they execute it methodically. And so, um, Definitely give this article a look. I'll post it on my uh, website and you can uh, take a look at it and take a look at the article and ultimately take a look at the book by Howard Marks called The Most Important Thing. Really cool concept. I found this really interesting and I thought I wanted to share with you because I think there's some serious, serious learning here. And if you kind of adopt yourself to approach your investment decisions with a second level of mindset, I think the chances of are you making better investment decisions are probably going to be way, way higher than if you just kind of go the normal route. So hopefully that was interesting. Hopefully you found that of interest. Um, couple of announcements. Um, for those of you who do not <clears throat> who don't know, know um, I have a Facebook page. Um, Sage Investors do a search for it. Every Wednesday night between 8 p.m. and 9 p.m. I am on there. I jump on there between 8 p.m. and 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I'm just sort of doing an open mic, answering questions about any investing questions that you have. Um, I call it Stock Talk Live. Um, I actually do some quick and dirty uh, analysis of random stocks out of nowhere that I just pick out of air and just analyze them. So if you're interested in learning more about the thought process that goes around investing, drop in every Wednesday night between 8 p.m. and 9 p.m. on my Facebook page, Sage Investors. Just search Sage Investors on Facebook and you'll find me. Um, if you have any questions about my, uh, in, uh, actually it's really cool because next week, uh, I actually hope I'm hoping to have a special guest join me next week on Facebook Live, um, Ellen Roseman, who is the personal finance columnist at the Toronto Star, um, said she'd be willing to jump on for a little while and talk about investing. So actually, hopefully, um, we'll get a, if technology will let us, 
um, she'll jump on and we'll talk, have a little chit chat about some, some stuff that she's doing. She is also a teacher actually. She teaches at the University of Toronto, um, uh, some investing courses there. So it'd be really great to get her insight in terms of how she frames her investment decisions and how she goes about making decisions. Um, investing decisions so hopefully she'll be with us next Wednesday um, between 8 p.m. and 9 p.m. sometime uh, on my Facebook page on Facebook live um, what else we got I think I can't think of anything else. if you have any questions about uh, this episode um, you can go to my webpage www.sageinvestors.ca um, you can drop a comment through there, or you can hit me through my Facebook page, or you can hit me on Twitter. My handle is at Sage Investors. I'm on there all the time, tweeting about my observations on the market, sharing with you insights from other people that I find really cool, who I think know their, know their stuff with investing. So join me, uh, follow me through there, and you can get wired into a lot of uh, interesting stuff. Every Wednesday morning, I also send out an email. Um, I call it in the loop where I share sort of updates to my website in terms of new podcasts, videos, um, Facebook lives that I'm doing, and uh, also sharing with you what I'm reading, research investment stuff that I'm reading that I'm using to formulate my own investment decisions. So if you want to get in the loop, again, go to my webpage, sageinvestors.ca. You can subscribe through there. And every Wednesday morning, um, when you wake up, you will have an email in the loop from moi. So thank you very much for listening in or watching in. Uh, my name is Amon Reina, and I'm an investment coach again from Sage Investors. Thank you very much for joining in, um, and we'll catch you again another time. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah.